Welcome to Stepping Off Now, a podcast about how to live your creative best life. If you're feeling creatively stuck, burned out, or like you're not fulfilling your true creative potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Kendra, a social scientist and writer. I spent decades feeling creatively unfulfilled while I pursued conventional life goals, culminating in severe burnout that took years to recover from. This podcast chronicles my journey in real time as I find my way home to my essential creative self and seek to live my own creative best life. I discuss topics like harnessing the intuitive creative process, using creativity to manage mental health, and sorting through all the external pressures and expectations to figure out what you really want. My hope is that you'll find inspiration and solace here. You are not alone and you are stronger and wiser than you know. You can find out more by visiting my website, KendraPatterson.com. Now, on to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It has been a few weeks since my last episode. If you listen to that one, you'll know that I decided this summer to be, or I should say, I decided to give myself permission (laughs) to be less consistent in issuing episodes for a couple reasons. The first being I'm really struggling with some yucky mental health stuff. This is not unusual for me, but what's unusual about this situation is that it's just going on and on and on. And my usual coping techniques and management techniques aren't really working for me. The second reason is because I have writer's block and haven't been able to work on my novel which I am trying to round the bend on and finish up, or at least finish up a draft that I feel is pretty close to what I want to put out into the world. I don't know which is causing which. This is kind of a chicken and egg scenario for me. When I'm not able to write, I feel awful. And when I feel awful, like this awful, I'm not able to write. So I decided that it was time to take out the big guns, so to speak, hate that so many of our metaphors involve violence, and use my coping technique of last resort. And this is something that I've talked about in a previous episode where I spoke about how to handle burnout. Basically, at the very first signs of it, you need to start cutting things out of your life full stop. That is to say, you need to lighten your load immediately and give yourself time to rest and recuperate, much like if you were to have a physical illness. Madonna knows what I'm talking about right now. Recently went into the hospital for a bacterial infection, had to postpone this big tour that she's working on while she rests at home and recovers so that she can get back to the level of fitness she needs for a world tour. I need to do something similar so that I can get back to the level of psychological, emotional, and creative fitness I need to finish this damn novel. So what I did was I decided to not issue as many podcast episodes. Well, actually, what I said was, we'll see how I feel. I may still feel like doing one a week, (laughs) or I may not. Well, I didn't. Uh, But that's okay, because I had already talked about how it could be a number of weeks before I come out with a new one. Another thing I did was I decided to cease doing my extra content Patreon episodes and shut down my Patreon. This actually was the harder of the two things to do because 
I'm very grateful for the people who signed up to my Patreon who are willing to help me out financially with the costs of producing this podcast. And I enjoyed making extra content for them. I felt a good deal of responsibility towards them to put out content that's interesting and that I had really put effort into. And I pride myself on being a dependable person. So I had to kind of swallow my pride with that one. And that's really the thing when you're taking these kinds of measures in your life because you're struggling. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to do the opposite of that. You're going to want to keep pushing through. You're going to want to try to work even harder. You're going to want to try to find a better methodology that will serve you better and make you more efficient, make you more productive. But you know what I always advise to do the opposite of that. Embrace the feeling of being lazy. Embrace the feeling of being selfish with your time. Doesn't mean you are being lazy and selfish, but it's going to feel like you are. And that's why I say it's so important to become comfortable with those two feelings that we so revile in our culture. When you have something as important to you as your creative dreams, that's what you need to do sometimes and often a lot of the times to make sure that you prioritize them in a way that honors those dreams and gives you space and energy to do what you need to do so that you're making progress towards reaching them or manifesting them, I should say. I think that's a better word. That's what I've been doing over the last few weeks, and I'm really happy and deeply relieved to report that it is working. It took a week or so, but I was finally able to sit down, and I had enough newly opened mental space and emotional energy because I had gotten rid of some some major stressors that I was able to start writing. And I have been able to write a lot of the days, not not as many as I usually would, but close to that. And I'm feeling good about the writing that I'm turning out. Today, I wanted to talk about some stuff that's kind of come into view for me during this latest part of my creative journey. And I want to start with a story that one of my friends told me. This is my friend Anne. She has been on the podcast. I've interviewed her before. She gave me permission to share this story because I thought it was so, well, for one thing, I thought it was really cool. And also, it felt very meaningful to me. I felt like the story somehow existed in order to guide me to, not just her. This is an experience that happened to her. So let me tell you what happened to her. She was in upstate New York, in Rhinebeck, New York. I don't know if you know that area of New York. It's extremely beautiful, and I do know it because my sister went to college up there, and one of my most precious life memories is a weekend I spent up in Rhinebeck with her going to uh, roadside fruit stands, and we got some apricots and made some apricot jelly, and we tried all these like cool recipes in her little basement apartment that she was renting up there that year. And I still have those recipes. They are labeled Rhinebeck Dinner in my handwritten recipe book. Well, up there in Rhinebeck, there's apparently a place called the Omega Institute. It's been there since the 70s, and they have educational programs around spiritual, creative, and nature-based topics, at least from my cursory research on this place. I had never heard of it. My friend Anne went there to see... Elizabeth Gilbert and Rob Bell speak. You probably know Elizabeth Gilbert. Rob Bell is 
a spiritual leader of the type who is very appealing to people like me, that is to say socially liberal and more spiritual than religious. And he is very good friends with Elizabeth Gilbert. And they do a lot of these talks together, I think. Well, during this talk, one of the questions Rob Bell asked the audience was, who among you is currently creatively blocked? And to my friend Anne's surprise, nobody raised their hand. And so she was like, ooh, 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 ooh. (laughs) And as soon as she did that, a bunch of other people raised their hands too. But Rob Bell singled her out and asked her to come up on stage and sat her down. They were knee to knee. And he proceeds to ask her about her creative project. Anne has been working on a three-volume memoir for a number of years, probably as long as I've been working on my novel. And she shared bits of it with me. She's a brilliant, beautiful writer, almost a a stream of consciousness style. I'm incredibly jealous of her talent. So she tells Rob Bell about her memoir, and he asks more questions, and he spends about 15 minutes, you know, walking her through where she is on this memoir, which she hasn't touched in a year. And finally, Rob Bell says to her, you know what? I don't think you are blocked. Let that sink in. He says, I don't think you're blocked. Maybe it just hasn't been the right time for this memoir to get done. Maybe it wasn't ready. Maybe there's something more you need to get out of this experience. But that's not the same thing as being blocked. This really brought to mind that phrase that so many people hate called trust the process. But this is what that looks like, allowing space around your projects. Now, I know that a lot of people in the creative world will tell you that you need to push through, you need to discipline yourself, you need to work those four hours a day, you need to work every day, that if you wait for inspiration to come to you, you're going to be waiting forever. Now, that's not wrong. And Elizabeth Gilbert will tell you that same thing. She's a writer, and she sits down, same place, same time, so that creativity, inspiration knows where to find her. It is true that having a regular practice is important to a creative, because it is like a muscle. But at the same time, creativity is not a force that you can control. You can invite it into your life through having a regular creative practice. But if it doesn't want to come, it's not going to come. And as hard as it is, as much as I've personally been struggling with this recently, sometimes it just abandons you. It goes somewhere else. Who knows where? Maybe it went on vacation to the Bahamas. Can't say I blame it. And it is important to try to see those fallow periods as important to the creative process, not as times when you're doing something wrong or you're not working hard enough or, I don't know, maybe you're having an extra glass of wine every night and that's the reason creativity has abandoned you or, you know, all these things we come up with that blame ourselves for why we're not functioning at what we perceive to be optimum levels. Well, maybe optimum level for you right now is sitting with the feeling of doing nothing. Yet another reason I suggest getting used to or comfortable with the feeling of wasting time, because sometimes that's what creative process feels like. And sometimes that's necessary in the creative process. Admittedly, I have not done too well in this area recently, but I've made it through. And as much as I felt miserable, at least through all of that, I understood the fundamental condition of such periods is that you just have to wait them out. There really isn't much you can do when you get to that point 
to fix it. It's just a matter of waiting it out. It's a waiting game. When my moods are that low, for example, the suggestion, well, go out and take a walk, get out into the sun. Well, that will work for me if I'm kind of like just moderately low mood. But when I'm in a severe low mood, going out and taking a walk and getting some sun is only going to make me feel worse. There's really not much I can do except wait and be patient and understand that sometimes that kind of struggle, that kind of suffering is a part of life and it has value. I don't know, maybe not everybody goes through stuff like that, but that's what my life looks like. Knowing that inevitably that's going to happen at one point or another in my life and I need to be able to sit through it and not entirely lose my faith. I definitely have moments where my frustration is high and I wonder if I'm going to ultimately fail to get this novel to a level that I feel is good enough. But it's important to keep endeavoring because that's ultimately all we have is we keep trying, we, we keep going. And that really is rule number one for any practicing creative, just you got to keep going, even if you do have those fallow periods. So that doesn't mean you always have to be working, but you have to eventually get back to it and keep going. I don't know if you're hearing this banging in the background right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm also right now, rather unfortunately, I've scheduled some long overdue construction stuff on my house. So I'm also dealing with a lot of construction noise right now. And that sucks a lot, but had to be done. Anyway, I apologize for that background banging. This idea of trusting the process also brings to mind the concept of surrendering, surrendering to life, surrendering to the moment. A lot of spiritual teachers talk about this type of concept of letting go. A lot of people don't like the word surrendering because they associate it with giving up. I don't. I don't have a problem with the idea of surrender. But you could certainly find different words around this concept of essentially kind of going with the flow. This is the core principle of Taoism too, which is one of my favorite philosophical spiritual traditions. Recently, I got a newsletter from Nick Cave. Nick Cave is a musician. You may know him as Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I didn't know any of his music before I was introduced to his newsletter, but this is typical of me. I often find myself enjoying the, I guess you call it the secondary or periphery art of artists. Sort of like I imagine that even when I do publish a novel, I'll probably have more listeners of my podcast than readers of my novel. Anyway, his newsletter is fantastic. It's called The Red Hand, and I highly suggest subscribing to it. He's genuinely one of the kindest and most compassionate people I've ever come across in in that type of format. And I've said that before. I've talked about his newsletter before on this podcast. He sent out one recently. I'll try to put a link in the show notes to it, where he talks about the importance of humbling yourself to art. This newsletter always contains questions that people email to him, and they take the form of him answering these questions. And he got a letter from someone who grew up with a very creative father who also had a lot of mental health issues. And she grew up to become a chronic people pleaser. And she feels like she never developed properly as an adult. She feels very creative and like she has a lot to offer in that area. And she wants to help people, but she feels unable to move forward. She's stuck. And she asks him, how can I find my own identity? Nick Cave responds that you don't need to know who you are to become an artist. 
which I love. And and I think maybe being an artist is the process of discovering who you are, right? So that's that's probably sort of what he's saying here. He writes, as a songwriter, I have come to understand that the more I try to make art that somewhat reflects what I perceive myself to be, the more my art resists. Art doesn't like to be told what to do. It doesn't like me getting in the way. He goes on to say, Art of true value requires, like a jealous and possessive God, nothing less than our complete obedience. It insists that we retract our ego, our sense of self, the cosmetics of identity, and let it do its thing. We are in service of art, not the other way around. And then he goes on to say, this woman's name is Kelly. He says, Kelly, if you want to create, sit down, lower your head in deference to the task ahead, and get to work. But get out of art's way. Art will, in time, show you who you are. One day you will be laboring away, lost in the flow, a glorious and unfathomable thing unfolding before your eyes, and art will suddenly and outrageously turn to you and, like a master pleased with his vassal, say, look, look who you are. You are an artist. Ugh, gives me chills. As you can imagine, when that was delivered to my inbox about three weeks ago, right around the time that I made my last podcast episode about how much I'm struggling, I knew that it was a message for me, not just for me, but it felt very personal to what I was going through at that moment. And I have been trying to focus on figuring out what that looks like, to bow my head in deference to art. And like he says, what it kind of looks like is just sitting down and letting art happen. And that's what I've been doing. I've been sitting down and opening my document and finding, you know, I'll usually have an inkling of things that I think need to be worked on. And maybe I'll go to that chapter or that paragraph and tool around and then maybe something else will come to mind and I'll go to that section. And before I know it, I'm working on stuff, I'm changing words, I'm getting new ideas without much effort. And and that's how I feel it should be. B. That that's that that's the feeling I'm always looking for, where I'm not forcing it, where it's not actually very hard. You know, the hard part is to keep doing this day after day, to go through those difficult periods, to keep going year after year. That's the hard part. But actually sitting down and doing the writing, I don't like that to feel too hard. And most of the time it doesn't for me. That's called being in the flow. And I have been experiencing that over the last couple weeks. But it feels a little bit different from before. It does feel that maybe I'm trusting a little bit more my intuition or the wisdom of art. And I feel good about my project again. I feel good about myself as a writer. And I feel good that I made it through this difficult period and that I'm still going. And I keep reminding myself, after all, I'm only on draft 10. <laughs> And while that seems like it's a lot of drafts, it's not really uh, in terms of how many drafts writers often do over the course of endeavoring to complete a novel. Now, some writers do it in far fewer drafts, and that's fine, but many do upwards of 15, 20. So I'm still, I'm doing pretty good here. And I may be slow, I may be a very slow writer, but that's okay. That just is the way it is, and I'll keep going. I just wanted to give you these updates and some thoughts on my recent struggles. I will probably continue to remain somewhat inconsistent with this podcast, at least through the summer, because I am 
really enjoying the feeling of dedicating all of my creative energy to my novel right now. That just feels really, really good. And I'm going with it. I'm going with the flow. Thanks so much for all of your support. I got emails from a number of you over the last few weeks asking how I was, commiserating with my struggles. We're all in this together. And I hope that I convey that in my episodes, how much I'm supporting all of you, even though I don't know most of you. I hope that the energy I project in my podcast is helpful in some way, and I definitely get that returned in spades. So thank you so much. I will be back in some weeks. (laughs) We'll see. I don't know yet. Uh, But I'll come back around and hopefully have even more exciting progress reports to give you. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.